Come, Holy Spirit, our helper, our advocate. Open our hearts and minds this day. Spark in us, we pray, a word of life, a message that enables us to share Christ's love with others as we seek to live as faithful disciples. All this we ask in the name of the Triune God who creates, redeems, and sustains us. Amen. Our scripture lesson today is the first 14 verses of the book of Acts. I mentioned that Theophilus is the first name. Theophilus means lover of God. We don't know who Theophilus was. Some people speculate, well, perhaps that's who helped subsidize the writing of this, of this book originally. We don't know. Theophilus, the first scroll I wrote concerned everything Jesus did and taught from the beginning right up to the day he was taken up into heaven. Before he was taken up, working in the power of the Holy Spirit, Jesus instructed the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, he showed them that he was alive with many convincing proofs. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days, speaking to them about God's kingdom. While they were eating together, he ordered them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for what the Father had promised. He said, this is what you heard from me. John baptized with water, but in only a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. As a result, those who had gathered together asked Jesus, Lord, are you going to restore the kingdom of Israel now? Jesus replied, it isn't for you to know the times or seasons that the Father has set by his own authority. Rather, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, to the end of the earth. After Jesus said these things, as they were watching, he was lifted up and a cloud took him out of their sight. While he was going away, and as they were staring toward heaven, suddenly two men in white robes stood next to them. They said, Galileans, why are you standing here looking toward heaven? This Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way that you saw him go into heaven. Then they returned to Jerusalem from the Mount of Olives, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey away. When they entered the city, they went to the upstairs room where they were staying. Peter, John, James and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James, Alphaeus' son, Simon the Zealot, and Judas, James' son. All were united in their devotion to prayer, along with some women, some women, including Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be to God. God. Oh Lord, may my words and may our thoughts be acceptable in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the common English Bible that we I just read from, 
We read that two men in white robes spoke to the disciples and they said that, you remember Galileans, why are you standing here looking toward heaven? But let me put it the way we would say it around here and in Georgia where I grew up. Why y'all just standing around? <laughs> the book of Acts begins with instructions to the disciples from the risen Jesus before he ascends. In the verses we read, Jesus makes, well, Jesus and the text make three promises. The first promise is the gift of the Spirit. You remember that the disciples were told, wait in Jerusalem, and in only a few days you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. We celebrate that first baptism with the Holy Spirit next Sunday on what we call the day of Pentecost. The second promise was that their witness would spread to the ends of the earth. Jesus said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit's come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, Samaria. So in this big city, in this country, and to the ends of the earth. And the third promise came from the two men in white robes. That Jesus will return after they'd asked that question about why y'all stand around looking, and up, looking up, he said, Jesus who was taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way he left. And what happened next? Well, nowadays you could, you could kind of imagine two guys you didn't know ask you a question like, why you stand around looking up? A whole lot of people would let them know, ain't none of your business. It's a free country, and I can stand around looking up if I take a mind to. But no, they returned to Jerusalem from the Mount of Olives. And it says a half Sabbath journey. It's only about half a mile, but you remember they had rules for how far you could travel on the Sabbath day. So they entered the city and went upstairs to the room where they were staying. And all not just a few of them, all of them were united in devotion to prayer. The 11 disciples with some women, including mother of Jesus and his brothers. So what do these events tell us about how to be faithful followers of Jesus now? Well, one thing to notice is the 11 disciples and other followers of Jesus, they did not go off by themselves to pray. They went together. Our society is so individualistic that we often neglect the power, the strength of being together as the church of Jesus Christ. I know lots of people say, oh, I can be close to the Lord. I've heard people say they could do that on the golf course. I don't know. Uh, and others at the beach or the mountains or in the, in the beauty of nature, in the garden. You know, we heard the latest thing, now I come to the garden alone. Well. There's that benefit of private devotion, but this was not a private moment. This was a church together moment. And those are valuable as well. Another question to ponder is, what does it mean? What's it mean to be a witness? Sometimes we refer to witnessing as seeing. And all these law and order and other detectives show that after the crime, they say, were there any witnesses? Well, you have to do more than see to be a witness. You have to share. And the crime thing, if the 
if the witness saw something but they won't say anything, they're not really much of a witness, right? Doesn't matter what you saw unless you testify. You have to share what you saw. If we are faithful followers of Jesus Christ, we need to share, that is to testify by what we say and more importantly, by what we do to share what God has done for us. So, what is this ascension business we're celebrating today? And what does it mean for our faith? Well, it can help to consider the words we'll use in just a little while to the Apostles' Creed, which uh, express our beliefs. Have you ever... Have you ever thought about just the verbs in that Apostles' Creed? Well, if you had a pencil, you could take your bulletin and look on the back and underline just the verbs. The ones that refer to Jesus start conceived, born, suffered, crucified, dead, well, or died, buried, descended, rose, and then ascendeth and sitteth. In modern English, we wouldn't say sitteth, but sits. But between ascended and sitteth, something happened. You might say the ascension is kind of a hinge point in the Apostles' Creed between the past and the present. There were nine verbs in the past tense, and then all of a sudden there's a sudden shift to the present, going from past, 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 past to present, right here right now, followed by a promise for the future that he shall come again to judge the quick and the dead, which is an old-fashioned way of saying those who are alive and those who aren't. That phrase, ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God, refers to the story that we read from the first chapter of Acts. There's a shorter description in the Gospel of Luke, but not in the other Gospels. So what about that phrase, sitteth at the right hand of God? It doesn't mean that there's some literal golden throne with God sitting on it and Jesus to his right, but that was the way that people in Bible days described someone in charge, someone in authority, someone with power. Or just for example, the 110th Psalm says, the Lord says to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. At the right hand of God is the position of supreme majesty and authority in the entire creation. Do you know what psalm the New Testament quotes most often? Or from our mural and popularity, you might think it'd be the 23rd psalm, but no, it's that 110th psalm. Jesus, Paul, Peter, Stephen, you remember he gave a sermon as he was before he was stoned to death, all of them quote that same psalm referring to the right hand of God. Our denomination has something we call a brief statement of faith that goes into more detail than that short apostle's creed. It puts it this way, Jesus lives as one of us with God because he shares our humanity and has bound us to himself in love we have an advocate in the innermost life of God. 
Just before Jesus ascended into heaven, the disciples asked him a question. Lord, is this when you're going to restore the kingdom? One of my favorite Bible scholars said, if this were a recipe, it would read, add two tightly packed cups of, I don't get it. <laughs> Once again, the disciples were not understanding what Jesus was doing. On the one hand, they'd been walking around with him for three years, hearing him explain scripture, uh, hearing him preach, seeing him work miracles. They had been with Jesus when he was baptized. They'd heard that voice from heaven saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Some of them had been with him at that transfiguration on the mountaintop. All of them, even doubting Thomas, had encountered and eaten with and talked with the risen Jesus in those 40 days since that first Easter. And yet, Still, still their question was, Lord, is this, this when you're going to make Israel great again? <laughs> well, it was their version of the question all children ask on long trips. Are we there yet? Jesus told them that it's not for you to know. The times or the periods the Father has chosen. But even though he said, that's not for you to know, he gave him a promise, and he gave him power, and he gave him a mission. You will receive power from the Holy Spirit when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea and Samaria, to the ends of the earth. The ascension tells us that the earthly history of Jesus has come to an end, and that after this, he'll be present with his followers in a new way with the coming of the Holy Spirit and the witness of the Christian community. The ascension sets the stage for the birth of the church on Pentecost. The ascension emphasizes the scope and the purpose of the lordship, the reign of Jesus. He's not just Lord of believers, but Lord of all. And... The ascension tells us something important about where we stand with God. The risen Jesus who ascended into heaven to sit at the right hand of God is the one who was the friend, not the enemy, of the sinful people who defended the cause of all who are helpless and poor or oppressed. That means we have an advocate with God. The ascension was not just a hinge point for the verbs and the creed it was a hinge in history after Jesus ascended sit on the right hand of God something was about to change the disciples were going to go from being a fearful group of people who just didn't get that Jesus was there for a bigger mission than making Israel a big deal country again these small thinkers were about to experience on the day of Pentecost something that had never been seen before. Jesus said they'd be baptized with the Holy Spirit. They were about to have a tremendous change in their worldview. Something so dramatic it would change the world forever. And for that to happen Jesus was bodily taken from their company, ascended to heaven and sitteth 
on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. So like those two men in white robes ask on the day of the ascension, let me ask you, why y'all just standing around? Thanks be to God. God's Spirit is poured out upon us to make our hearts strong with love and bold with praise so that we may proclaim God's Son, Jesus, right here and to the ends of the earth. So now may the glory of God fill you with praise, the beauty of Christ strengthen you in service, and the power of the Holy Spirit fill you with peace. Amen.